Good morning. I'm just glad you can see me. <laughs> Welcome to the church at Rutledge, which is a great thing to say because we're no longer the church at Rutledge in Bean Station, technically in the Tate Springs Extension at Kingswood School. So we're now the church at Rutledge, really in Rutledge. So that's very interesting. Did CH make it here this morning? Yes. Oh, he's back there. Okay. Um, it's really nice to have some of our... I'm going to start crying before we get started and see how that works. Um, it's really nice to have some of our parent church, Coryton, here with us this morning. That's really awesome, and I appreciate those guys. And I asked CH to come uh, say something here in just a minute, but uh, he was going to surprise me, and I figured him out. He let it slip when he was... He actually came up and was working with us here the other morning and uh, helping get stuff ready, and, and I heard him say something. I went, He's coming. And so I got really excited, uh, but that's cool. But there's a lot of people, you know, I could start this whole thing talking about how everybody has worked so hard and thanking you guys. I could also go into the fact that this is like a trial run. So like there's errors abound in today. And that's the, I guess the beauty of what we've talked about for several weeks is the grace, the mercy, we're not perfect. Uh, there's outlets that don't work. We had no idea the fog machine would like... Um, there's no tar nicotine in that, so you're okay, all right? Some of you are like, dang, but um, you'll, you'll be all right. It's, it's good stuff, but, um, you know, you got to be in the know to be here this morning because there's no signs out front. You know, there's no signs inside to tell you where to take your kids. Like, it's been an adventure the past few weeks, and so we're just glad you're here, and uh, we can't wait to see where this goes from here. We'll actually have, like, a grand opening launch kind of thing we'll put in the paper and do a big deal here in a month or so once we actually get things finished parking lot actually gets paved and uh, weather has been an issue and so there's still as you can tell you guys know I I guess I'm preaching to the choir so to say you guys know there's still all those bugs to work out but we're just we're glad to be here and uh, a lot of work to do this coming up week uh, getting moved out. Want to let you guys know, like even this evening, I've told Derek, well, man, we're going to have to get one of those storage trailers cleaned out because they're going to bring one here and then go pick up one from the from Kingswood to get one of those out of there. Uh, helps us on cost kind of thing to drop one off and pick one up. So we're going to go up there at five o'clock this evening. And if it's me and Derek, we'll clean one out. But if you guys can help, anybody wants to come and carry some stuff out of one. We'll get it out of there, even put it in the chapel for now if we have to, and then get it down here when they drop the other one tomorrow, because they're dropping it tomorrow, so it has to be cleaned out today. So if you can help, and then tomorrow evening, uh, we'll probably be running that stuff down here and putting it in the storage trailer. So if you can help, that'd be great. But enough with all that stuff, because I just want to get right into what we're going to talk about this morning and then sail on. But I want want CH to come up here for a minute. This (laughs) is... When I found out he was going to come, I, I put him on the spot, and I said, you got to come up here. You guys got to know this. Like, We would not be here if God hadn't used people like C.H., Doug and Sue McBee. Or, like, you guys don't even know how the connection, and I, I could tell I, this morning should have been must tell the story, but I've got somewhere else I want to go this morning because I want to be careful what we do of getting stuck in in the past and tradition all that stuff and where we're going and remember what this is all about but I can sit and tell the story and go man I used to go to Doug and Sue McBee's house and I would do this like for a long time and go what in the world am I going to do you know kind of thing and and they would go they just keep me pointing in the right direction CH is one of those I can call and go uh 
you know, somebody just blew up a house somewhere. What, how do I counsel on that one? And he'd be like, well, this is what I would say, you know, and he just, he's, him and Coryton and Rocky and all these people have kept me kind of sane. Like I'd be like in weekly counseling if it weren't for a lot of these people. And so you, the church is healthier because of people like that and CH and Coryton. And we, we built that in from the beginning to say, we know we don't know everything and man, we need help. And God just puts people in place to do that for you. And so I was like, I God saving, grace given, love and mercy offering people. To this community. You with me? It's just, it blows my mind when you think about that. And then you think about you guys, can't, this is a crazy thought I thought this morning. You guys literally came to Corrington, had a Sunday school class, community yeah. group, okay, in the church. You preached at the church, okay? Yeah. All right? It was crazy. And that then, was scary. And you started your church in a church, and then they pulled that church out, and they took them up here to, to Kingswood and, and planted you guys. Mm-hmm. Now, this is recorded? Yeah. Okay, I'm offend somebody, okay? No, you go ahead. But, we but do, I, I just, do that every week. I, I absolutely, I love this. I think God is so funny, okay? I do. I think he's absolutely hysterical sometimes. Do you guys, if you were around from the beginning and you came to Corrington and started that group, raise your hand. Okay, so there's still, there's, you still got some, okay? Yeah. That, they've made it. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. But I, I just want you to picture this. Do you remember, do you remember, and I'll never forget laughing when I heard it. I laughed my guts out. And I said, God is just so hysterical because his plan is so different than our plan. If we can, I'm almost to the point like this right here. If we can think it, then God can't do it. You with me? If we can think about it, then he cannot do it, Marty. I'm telling you, that is so the truth. And so... You guys remember the debate and the debacle? I remember Rocky getting the deacons together, and they wanted to go to war up here for you guys because the community would not let you all meet in the middle school or the high school. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I remember he went insane, and our, our deacons had to hold him back. He was going to come up here and start mm-hmm. killing people, man. Okay? Yeah. And so, you know, it was, just, it was just crazy, and we started praying and praying, and God landed you all at Kingswood. And what a blessing that has been. You yeah. with me? What a blessing, especially to those children that have came through there. You, you guys cannot forget that in this. I'm about to cry down In this story of all the lives that you guys have got to touch as a church on these kids who are either rejected or left alone or kicked out or in trouble at their home. And they go to this school. And you guys have loved on them for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And that's... Don't, yeah. don't miss that. Don't miss that part, okay? And I, I was just thinking, I was just thinking in that whole debate, when, when they sent you guys to Kingswood and the community wouldn't let you use one of the gyms, you know, to meet in a church, and you guys ended up there, and then I will never forget laughing when I found out that you all bought property right here. <laughs> yeah. And I went, they bought property. And then I thought, that's funny. And then the debate came on... Where they were going to put this massive Granger County High School. Mm. Yeah. And if I open this door, I look at it. <laughs> I, I mean, am I correct? I mean, it's right there. It is right there. The, the school's right there. And so God didn't want you guys in a gym, in a church. He wanted you on his piece of property beside the school. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted. And I don't know what that entails, man. But that's crazy. Mm. There's a, there's a story, and I just, I just want to encourage you guys this morning. There's a story in Acts chapter 3 
okay, where Peter and John are going to the temple to pray, okay? And this is after Pentecost has happened, all right? So Pentecost has fell, Holy Spirit has fell, Peter preaches a message, 3,000 people get saved, and these guys are going to the temple to pray. They prayed at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and then they prayed again at 3. So they're praying at the 3 o'clock time frame. And on their way, doing their duty, being obedient, doing what they were supposed to do, God interrupts them with this crippled man. And you guys know the story. They tell him, said, silver or gold we don't have, but what we have, we're going to give to you, man. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And that's what happened. And you guys are doing that for people in this community. There are lost and broken in this community, and you guys continue to stretch out their hand. There are tons of redeeming stories in here, aren't mm. there? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, then, and all those people that aren't here today got redeeming stories, you know. And so, yeah. and everybody can't be at one service. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't be there. And so, I just think of all the redeeming stories that go on inside the church at Rutledge and the lives of the people that are inside this building. That story ends with this. In verse 11 of chapter 3, it says this, that Peter and John are walking on the Temple Mount, and this guy's with them. And everybody on the Temple Mount recognizes him as the crippled man that laid beside the gate. Everybody does. What's he doing? How's he walking? And he's just saying, man, these guys healed me in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, these guys healed me. They healed me. I used to not be able to walk, and now I can walk. You guys are correlating this, okay? All right? And it says this in verse 11, that he clung to Peter and John. He clung to him. If you translate the word back, you can go all the way back to Genesis, where it says that a, that a man shall leave his father and mother, and he shall what? Cleave. Cleave. To his wife. That's to latch on, hold on to, never depart, never let go of. It is a vow, a commitment. And that's what this guy was doing. And I'm just telling you, okay, I'm, I'm going to plant you a piece of vision here real quick because I was in here the other day doing that silly stuff that nobody likes to do, and I, I just love it, man. I was like, are you kidding me? And I come up here, and, and you guys are just working and going crazy, and we're hanging this screen, and Marty's like, oh, that's a centimeter off, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, go down to the preschool room and let us hang this stuff and get this stuff fixed, you know. You're killing yourself. But he just, he cares, he cares about the church. And, and we were in here, and then he leaves and has to go run an errand. There's some folks down the hallway working, and me and Derek are in here, and he's scared of heights, and he's up hanging this sound piece thing up here on this beam, okay. And he's on one side, and he goes, he goes, I really need that part. And I said, well, will this ladder hold two people? Because it's held up by a rope in the middle, Okay. And he said, I think so. And I went, well, if it doesn't, it's going to hurt, dude, okay? And so I climb up with him, and we're up there. And I just, I remember looking at him and saying, man, I go, I go, you ready for this? And he said, what? I said, this will be yours within two years, man. This is your student center right here. You with me? I had to bring a youth pastor in here yeah. to speak this morning. So they could claim it. Well, look at it. <laughs> what, what, you, got, you got room yeah. to grow about, about 25 or 30 people here, man. Yeah. Yeah. And see, it's, it's already moving. God's just mm. affirming. He's showing mm. you guys where you guys need to go and what you need to do. And I just, I want to encourage you. There are, a, there are a ton of churches up here. A ton. When I look at it and say a ton, I mean a ton. Okay? There are a ton of churches and I know that you guys, your heart is not to reach the church folk. Your heart is to reach the lost and the broken. And I just want to encourage you to continue to seek after that. To take them with everything that they have. To take them with all the baggage that they come with. Okay? 
to take them with all the problems that they might bring into the place. Because here's the deal, okay? You were that person one day. And somebody cared enough and they loved enough and they showed Christ enough that you were drawn to this place and you've come in here and your life has been flipped upside down. And it just absolutely, it blows my mind to see what God's doing. And uh, I'm like you, man. Like I sat back here during the, the first course beside Doug and I was just crying, man, thinking, look at what God has done, you know? Look at what he has done with the people at the church at Rutledge and the community that they're affecting. And, uh, man, I love you. I love, I love the team. I even love those deacon people that run around here at this place. Like, like you guys are cool. At, at my place, I get scared when I see one of them. But these guys I, I love. And, and so um, can, I, can I just pray? Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm praying and I'm speaking today on behalf of our entire church. Okay? There are folks at Corrington. They've prayed since 12 years ago, man, for you guys. And uh, I remember when you pitched this idea, I thought, they're going to plant a church in Rutledge? That would never work. Those other churches will chew them up, spit them out, you know? But I thought the other side of me, the, just the, the Jesus side, said, man, it's needed. It is so needed. And I know a bunch of you all have sacrificed, you all have given, okay, and I'm just here to tell you this, in the Acts 3 story, I had to ask myself this question, Marty, okay? Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. God interrupts them with this crippled guy. But I have to ask the question, why in the world are they going to church to pray? I mean, Pentecost just happened. 3,000 people just got saved. Take a day off, right? Take a day off. And I'll tell you why. They went to pray because they wanted more. That's what they wanted. They wanted more. And I just want to encourage you guys to want more. To want more for, for God's kingdom by using this church to reach this community. And so I just, I pray on behalf of Corrington right now for you guys as a sister church that's in this huge kingdom together with you all building it up for, for Jesus' name. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I pray for your spirit to, to engulf this place. I pray that you would take your hand and place it upon this building. Father, I pray that your spirit would rise up inside of every believer that's inside this room right now. And Father, that this will be a room when people walk in, they say, what is going on inside that place? They'll see it in the lives and the faces of the people. They'll feel it from the presence of you inside the room. Father, I pray that many people will come to know who you are because of this room. God, I pray your name will always be exalted and lifted up. I pray that it will be praised and honored and glorified. Father, we pray for Marty and Nikki as they lead this church, as they lead this group of people that you've called them to lead. Father, I pray that you would bless this man with a fresh word, that you would send a, a fire in these songs that we have sung to burn down inside of his soul. Father, that he can't contain, that he can't control. Father, I pray he would preach fire when he preaches. I pray that your presence would come out of him. Your voice would be heard. Father, I pray for the, the deacons as they lead this church, as they make calls on this church going forward. Father, I pray they would be a unified body. They would be one. They would be of many parts, yet one body. Father, I pray they would always seek you, that they would be on their knees more than they are running their mouth. 
And I pray they would follow you with all of their heart, that they would deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow you. I pray for the, the, the ministry leaders in this church, that you would give them vision and purpose and planning and ideas on how, what's the best strategy to reach people and to get people and to love on people in your name. I pray for all the members in here. God, you've called us all to love you and to serve you. And I pray, Father, that they would love you with all of their heart. I pray that they would run after you, that they would want and desire and hunger and thirst for your word. And, Father, they would serve you with a passion that's inside, that they would feel joy when it's completed. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're moving. We pray you continue to move. We pray you continue to redeem lives in this Granger County area and this community. And, Father, I pray that it would always be to your name and to your glory. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you, man. Love you, too, man. Thank you. That's kind of one of those thanks for holding up my arms, if you know that story. Um, and thank you for preaching my sermon before I ever got to start this morning. Uh, because it's right, it's right on. Like what he's talking about is, is what was on my heart was, uh, hopefully you got it out of that video, but... I want to start by reading you something that was written by a man named Paul, and uh, he was a man that was very far away from God, but found his place in the story. And even when the circumstances of life aren't ideal, like for Paul in this scripture I'm going to read, he found himself in prison during the first century uh, for trying to share his faith in Christ. he became this kind of guy that just wanted everybody to know that he came across. Uh, every, he wanted everybody to know what he had found or what had found him, however you want to look at that. So in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 3, this scripture has just kind of ran over me this, as we've come to this day. And it says in, in there in verse 3, Colossians 4, it says, And pray for us, too, that God may open a door... For our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And so, as we open our doors for the first time, it's kind of this uh, door opening thing this morning for us, but this is opening a door, a different kind of door, but same kind of door. I don't know how to get into all that this morning, don't have time to, but uh, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. In verse 5, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, if I were in a prison cell, and I were writing a letter, or I was praying, um, the only door I would be praying for to be opened would be my cell door, so that I could get out, right? That's that's all I would be, you'd be praying for that too, Okay. And, uh, but here is Paul in, in chains in a prison, and he has something more pressing on his mind than his own comfort, his own freedom, and his own op- prison door to open. And that thing pressing on Paul is that soon God would begin to open doors with people that he would run into or he would talk to one day. And Paul was probably thinking about some people he would like to talk to and people he knew, maybe family, maybe friends, maybe people he'd just met on his journeys. He's thinking about places he'd like to go, places maybe this, you know, God's telling him to go to, and he's thinking about 
what's going to happen from that moment forward. And he prays that God would help him, help him be bold and that he would share clearly and that God would help him to be strategic in the way he responds to people, outsiders. But as much as anything, that God would go before him and open those doors so that things, great things would happen. And Paul dreamed about being uh, outside of his comfort zone and, and talking to people about his faith in Christ. Paul was, he's just abs- Paul was at this point, he's just absolutely convinced that anybody, doesn't matter who it is, anybody's life is better if it's wrapped around God, if it's Christ-centered. He is just so convinced that I don't care who you are, if you would just know God and live your life for his purpose and his mission for your life, your life would be better. And so he can't help but have this compulsion inside him to go, I've got to tell people about this. I've got to do everything I can to let people know I don't care what it costs me. Paul really believed that. And Paul didn't share his faith out of some sense of, well, I have to, or, you know, because the Bible says so, or, or keeping some kind of spiritual score, like, you know, like we talk about things, like when you talk about Kingswood and us being there, man, that was at one point, we, you know, we gave a bunch of information to Kingswood to kind of say, hey, this is what's important to us, and um, there was like some 80 kids we'd, we'd baptized in, in 11, 12 years being there, in 11 years. And you, you just go, and, and, and can you validate every one of those? And all of them, did it, did it, was it the real deal? I don't know, but there's some that were, I'm sure. And you just go, you know, it's not about keeping some spiritual score, because there's some people out there, it's just like, they throw out those numbers, and it's like, oh, we feel good about ourselves, because we, you know, we did all that. Look what we're doing. And it's like, well, no. And Paul didn't have that in him of it's some kind of spiritual score. He didn't feel guilty if he didn't do it so to say, just because it was, you know, well, the Bible says you have to do that because, of course, they didn't have a New Testament at that time. He was getting into it. He just really wanted people to know God and knew their life would be better if they really knew him. I'm, I, there's uh, these tables right over here and the stuff that's in the back. I went to Greenville, South Carolina this past week, uh, drove out and picked up those chairs. You know, the Shelton in me uh, sees it on Craigslist or Nikki saw it and this lady had them on there, and she wanted X number of dollars for it. And, of course, I'd do the thing of, well, you know, this is our budget, and I'll give you this much for all of it. And so we got a great deal, you know, and uh, went out there. Had no idea who I was going to meet or who she you know, what was going on. But uh, I go in there, and I, I see this lady, and I, we work out the, the details on the tables and all that stuff. And we... I got held up because she had this really nice cappuccino machine, and you guys know my passion. And it was like, oh, my gosh, there's something we've wanted forever. And she had a used one. I mean, it was a coffee shop is what it was, and I didn't know that's what I was going to. So there's this cappuccino machine, and, you know, I start drooling, and, and uh, I just went ahead and asked her to make me one while I was there. And uh, it was just it was beautiful, man. I was like this, and she was like the grinder. And she's like this, everything in here is for sale. And so I was like, oh, so I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm going, we ain't got enough to finish what we've got going out here in the parking lot, and we're struggling and stuff. I'm like, there's no way we can do this right now. But then my wheels start turning of, well, who can I call that we can kind of tuck this thing away and, and, and have it for later? And, and, uh, and, and anyway, I'm sitting here, I'm there for a long time. It took me like 30 minutes to get over it. So I'm like standing there 
going, I know we can't do this, but let me just, let me just look at it for a while. And uh, um, so we start talking because I'm waiting on a phone call back and Nikki and I were talking and, and, I, and she starts talking to me, well, what kind of church you go to? And we start getting into conversation about things and come to find out, and, and I want you to get this part right here because uh, she says to me, so what kind of church are you guys? And, well, we, we're Southern Baptist Associated, but we're also part of the Willow Creek Association, which is non-denominational. And, um, you know, and she's like, oh, yeah. She's, and she gets into this deal of, she's like, I said, well, so where do you go to church? Because she was alluding to where she went. And she's like, well, I used to be Southern Baptist. And then I knew I didn't like her because she said she used to be. But uh, I'm just kidding. You guys know we don't care. But... <laughs> Uh, and she said, but I'll go to a Presbyterian church. And here's was her deal. She said, my life has so changed and it's been so freeing and like I am more happy than I've ever been in my life in what they have taught me in that it doesn't. And, and she went hyper-Calvinism on me. And you know, we talked about that a lot around here. And, and some of you are like, I still, y'all say that all the time and I still don't know what all that means. But she went so far into this as to say, I used to feel like I had to share and everybody came along with and came along, I had to tell them about Christ and it's so freeing to know now that I don't have to do any of that. She had gone so far into God chooses and irresistible grace and all that stuff that evangelism was out the window. She didn't care anymore and felt so good about it and it was so twisted and, and, and it was, it, it was just this thing of now... It, it, it's like I'm relieved of the responsibility of doing what I need, you know, of doing what a lot of the Bible says, like go and make disciples of all nations. There's a, you know, there's a, over and over again. And don't hear me saying that Calvinism is bad because there's guys like David Platt and uh, Matt Chandler and all these guys I listen to and I love them. And they are super evangelistic and they're Calvinists, okay? So don't hear me saying that. But this lady had so embraced, relieved me of the responsibility. And I just wanted to go... Why is that so freeing to you? Like, why is it so great that you don't have to do that anymore? Like, you were, whatever Baptist church you came out of, evidently it wasn't taught very well because when I see Paul and I, and I understand Scripture, I just go, yes, God is in control. Yes, God opens people's eyes and draws people to himself. But Paul also had this burning passion in him to share his faith and because he had found that treasure in a field and, and it was so amazing to him that he wanted people to know about it and it was not a, some kind of burden on him to share. It's, it's, he loved to do it. It's like, who can I tell about this? Everybody needs to know about this. I love to share this. And Paul says in here, kind of moving away from that a little bit, God opened doors for me to share with as many people as possible because it's obvious in God's word, that we're to take this to people. We're to share with as many people as we can. Why would we not love to talk about it? I would love to. I want to. If you're a Christian and you don't want to, there's something twisted in your faith if you don't want to share. And that was our passion when we started this church, okay? And this building doesn't change that. It should increase our passion for that. Whereas I've seen many people build a building, they get somewhere and people get comfortable and go, oh, we made it. They just sit back and, wow, isn't this great, okay? Derek can't have this place as a youth center until we're running like three services in here, okay? 
is we've got to wear this building out, and we want to tell as many people as possible, and we want to use God's money as wisely as we can. So we're going to wear this thing out, and then we'll move up the hill, and, and the youth can have this or whatever. But it's, we should want to share. When you look around our church, it, it's amazing to see the people. Check that out. That have come to call this. Y'all are going, I'm going to start. Anybody like to serve in the children's ministry? We'll just do a call for that right now. It's exciting back there, okay? Um, You know, it's amazing to see the people that have come to call this their church. Some of you came here and thought you knew everything, really religious. Some of you were the Pharisees of Pharisees and, you know, uh, complete with robe and tassels and everything and legalistic and you can't do church that way, and I'm not sure about that, and um, things offend you very easily, and are you allowed to do that, and, and, and so forth. And God has opened your eyes to see what he's up to, and now you call this your place. And I'm glad you're here. Even when you were on the other end of that, I was glad you were here. And some of you have come here, and you're, you're, you were thinking, well, I'm okay. I mean, you weren't really religious or anything, but you're thinking, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody or whatever. God surely wouldn't send me to hell. And you've seen that you can't be good enough. That it's just by God's grace and his mercy that, that saves you. That it's, it's Christ's work on the cross that gets you anywhere. And you've come to know God in a real way. And this is your place. And some of you came here with addictions. You are far from God some deceived, uh, some came here hurting, They'd, you'd suffered loss, you'd been hurt by other people. You know, there's, story, there's many stories in here of people going, I was so hurt by this or this place or this church or this person or this thing that I was never going to come back to church. I was never going to be around God anymore. I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And you have seen God work in your life to make this your church, your place, and everywhere in between all that, right down to those who felt called to come here by God and to help start this church, and you saw the vision and you embraced it from the start, and this is your place. And some of you are here, and you're coming in on this, kind of wondering what in the world's going on. It's interesting. I'm not sure what's going on in that place, and you're kind of here. You're one of those people that's just kicking the tires, Right, You're like, I don't know about this, just checking it out, not sure about faith, not sure about Christ, maybe exploring faith and belief in God. And I just want you to know you're in the right place. And if you're far from God or even angry with him, maybe don't even believe there is a God or maybe believe there is a God, but I don't know who he is, which is an interesting thought because I thought about this the other day. I went, you know, a mar- this is a whole other thought. Marriage is, it, mar- like me and Nikki, marriage is like, a beautiful picture of our relationship with God. And there's people who would, would say, well, I, be, I believe there's a God, but I don't know who he, who he is. And I hear that, and, it, and I, I think, well, that's, to me, that's like saying, well, I'm married, but I just don't know who she is. I don't know who I'm married to. I know there's women out there, and I'm married to one of them, but I'm not who, sure who she is, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, you know, it's like there, there is a God and you got to know him, and there's, it's not all roads lead to God, and all these things. We get all kinds of conversations about that, but it's like some of you are here, and that's your thing. You're just not sure, and you don't know. And this, 
for you too. This is your place. It's okay. This, we tell you all the time, kick the tires all you want to. Explore faith all you want to. Safe place to hear a dangerous message. You're going to be loved anyway, right? And, and you're in the right place. Maybe you're here, you feel alone, abandoned, feel like nobody cares, nobody understands you. You're in the right place. And my point being, yes, this is a place where those in the family of God gather and celebrate and worship, but it's, for us, we started it as even more of a place for people who consider themselves outsiders. Because outsiders are not the problem. It's the very reason that we're here. And our mission is to raise people up from wherever they are and give them the mission God created them for and send them out with wisdom, watching how they act towards everyone and taking every opportunity to share their faith, as Paul talked about. And if you've come here and you aren't a Christian, we're glad you're here. Keep exploring. Keep asking questions. Don't be afraid to interact with anybody else, with me or anybody else here, and and you're just welcome here. This is your church, too. Um, And those of you who would say you're on board and you love God and want to share Him with others, this is your church, everywhere in between. And I want to call you to the mission God has given us. This is the reminder for us this morning. Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And what is that task? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I mean, just think about it. There are people who have experienced God and have come to the point and said, I no longer consider myself, my ego, my dreams, my stuff, my resources, my plans, my comfort, any of that stuff. I no longer consider those things worth anything. All that stuff does not matter to me. I do not consider it as dear unto myself. But if I could only achieve the mission that God has called me to do. And there are so many church people who sit around and they pray for their own lives. God, would you make my life better? God, would you make my pain go down? Would you make my salary go up? Would you make my, the girl I'm dating say yes and make her a little prettier? That'd work too. And, you know, God, make me have a happier life. Make make what's going on with me happier, better, more pleasant. Then you get to the point one day, like many of you have, where you say, I no longer count my life as dear to myself, but if I could just achieve the mission that God has for me, to go so far as to think for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And when you get there, your mind and heart looks at people outside of faith differently. Some church folk, okay, growing Christians, new Christians, stagnant Christians, have this really judgmental attitude toward outsiders. You know? And and the behavior of people outside of faith bothers those church people and those new Christians. And it's like... You know, they just, they get real, it annoys them, their behavior, all those, you know, those lost people, right? Their lifestyle, their language, their voting habits, you know, we get so tore up over that, like, as though Republicans are the only ones going to heaven, 
you know, and, and we get so annoyed by that. And some people can be vocal about people who are far from God and how they feel about them, but not when you have the mission God made you for. Not when you understand what Paul is saying here. When he says that, then you begin to pray as God prays, or as Paul prayed, as he did and as he wrote, and you want to work at, you want to, to tell people, you want to go so far as to do everything you can to let people know. So you, you take every opportunity at school. You take every opportunity at work. You take every opportunity with the neighbor or the family member, and you walk into work or school, and you automatically begin praying when you walk into those places, God, would you just open a door? Just open a door. You know, God, this, this guy at work, uh, Rick or whatever his name is, would you just open a door for, with Rick for me to be able to talk to him today? Maybe some conversation would spark something going on in his life. God, would you just open, you know, that lady's heart at work, you know, you know, Angie or whoever it is, would you just open their heart? She's very critical of the church, but maybe I can represent you well and have a conversation with her about it. That neighbor that rubs you the wrong way. Everybody got those, right? Okay. Do you pray for that neighbor or you just grumble about them all the time? Do you think of ways you might show God's love to them and do it? Do you pray the way Paul did while he was in prison? You know what keeps people motivated to pray like that? You know, people who, like Paul, you know what really just spurred him on, I think, is, is not that it was as much as he wanted to see people's lives changed, but it was even greater than that as he knew the joy it brought the Father to see people's lives changed. You with me? They, he would en- he's the kind of person that would enjoy people seeing them come to faith in Christ and, and seeing it from God's perspective and knowing it brings God great pleasure when that happens. Um, a guy like Paul would love going out, you know, if we're going to have baptism here in two weeks. Like on September 8th, we'll bring our baptistry in here and we're going to baptize like half a dozen people, some our kids, some adults, um, some that have been around forever and some new people. And so it's just beautiful what God's been doing. And we're going to do baptism. And, and a guy like Paul would sit in here and he may not know any of those people that's being baptized, but he would see each person go in that water and come up and he would think, gosh, how much joy the father must feel right now for that guy that just got baptized for the fact that that person is now on this great mission and journey of living for him. How much joy God must feel that that girl, that, that boy, that older guy, that young, older woman, that every time somebody's baptized, you'd just go, man, how, how, how that must please the Father. And he would find great joy in knowing it pleased God. That's just a whole other level of knowing that motivates you when you understand, Paul would get so much pleasure out of just seeing this, these things happen. And this plays out in a lot of ways of seeing people take their next step. 
But it's amazing when you get to that place where you can see that and get joy, you know, in what God, in what makes him happy. In other words, Paul would spread his faith to others to bring the Father joy. You ever think that way? That I'm going to do this because it'll bring him joy, not necessarily, it might be uncomfortable for me. Paul had a very kingdom mindset when it came to those who would put their faith in Christ. He would even imagine what impact they were going to have on the kingdom. He could see inside these people and go, gosh, I can't, I just, I can see this guy, this person's going to do this and that's going to impact the kingdom in a way that's just amazing. He would see where they would fit and the things they could do and how God had wired them up and, and the joy it would bring for, for them to do that, the joy it would bring God for them to do that. Uh, Paul would often see somebody and paint a vision for them about how God might use them and what they might become. I mean, I can, I just, this popped in my head when I was thinking about that because I remember uh, when Bruce, where's Bruce at? He's outside. Okay, we'll talk about Bruce behind his back. He's outside. But Bruce Hawk, when he came here, I just remember how hesitant and how just kept you out here he was. And he came to class 101, and uh, I remember him going through the class 101 materials and, and, and took it so seriously. And I remember he went home and he read through every scripture that was in that book. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not, this, is, this is a big deal. I'm not, I'm not just, just going to sign this and just join a church. I'm going to make sure. He read that thing like I don't know how many times and said, if I sign this, I mean it, and, that's, and I'm going to do it. And, in, and at that moment, and he had been coming along for a long time, and I, I got to a point where I looked at Bruce and I could go, God's going to use him, and it's going to be a unique way, and he's going to make such an impact on the kingdom, and he's going to be this kind of person, and he's going to be such an encourager to people. And, he, you know, and I could just see what, what, what God was going to do with Bruce, you know? And... Uh, I told Nikki and Rita, I can remember back then, I was like, wow, God's really going to use that guy. I could see it. And he was on his way to a newfound place in Christ. And I could see his surrender and love for Christ. Actually, before Bruce did, I could see it in him. I go, I was like, he, he's so far, he loves Christ more than most people down there at that church call themselves Christians, and he don't even know he does. You know, and... Uh, it, it was just, I just knew he would be a, lot, a hard worker and get a lot of stuff done. And there are many people like that. When I look at them, I see the amazing things God might do with them and look beyond where they are right now. Maybe you might start to do that, start to see the God-given potential in people and begin to pray for God to open a door for you to share with them in spite of the differences between you and them and despite the things that annoy you about them. I mean, think, think about this. I, I met my wife, and uh, I came to faith shortly after that. Um, and my parents, I, I, didn't, I didn't really, I grew up in church for a while, but didn't, at some point, we just left church. And so me coming to faith brought my parents back to church, my brother, uh, his family, um, I think about my son, I think about my grandkids, I think about what Nikki, the impact she had on her family and the Edwards family and 
that started a lot for her with her grandmother. And you can see generations and generations of, of passing this faith down to people and the, and the family tree differences that are made because of just myself or my wife or, and what that, what that has done. And uh, I remember we were outside praying this morning and somebody was, I can't remember right now, but somebody was praying about how that it was, it was so awesome to see generation, generation, generation of their family knowing Christ. And you just never know what impact it's going to have on the kingdom when you just look at that one Because per- I can remember how annoying I was as a lost person. So I can, I can imagine, just imagine looking at people and seeing the difference in people and going, I'm going to love them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful how I interact with them. I'm going to show them grace and conversation. I want to be strategic in how I interact with this person that's outside of Christ because I just, you, you cannot imagine what could happen this person, what could happen with them and the generations of family and generations of people that lives forever can be changed because I get past what annoys me and see what God sees in them. It's a powerful thing to pray for an open door for someone. And there are still people around you. I know a lot of you, we get this far 10 years down the road in a church and you sometimes feel like, well, I've exhausted I've invited everybody I know to church. I've, ex- I've, I've invited everybody I know. I've witnessed everybody I know. There, and, and I just, I don't know where else to get. Okay? And you've heard me talk about it before. You just, you just need to go do something different. You know, don't put your kid on the same baseball team you've already put, always put them on. Go join some other club. Take your dry cleaning to some other place. Go stop at some other gas station regularly. Like, find different circles of people to be around and start to see, say, God, just open doors that I can be around some new people. God can do far more than we can imagine. And and I see it in this church all the time, how we, uh, that there's there's people in here, CH talked about it even not being here, but how we can see the potential of what might happen in this place and the people that can be reached. And God can just do far more than, we can imagine. I know our staff believes it. We meet every week and ask God for wisdom and what we can do to make, take hope to our community. And I believe as Paul prayed for open doors, I believe our prayers have been answered in coming here even. And now there's great responsibility and great obedience needed from us for the door God has opened for, for us just to be on the ground we're on this morning. And we called our church, I don't know if you remember this last month in July, to fast and pray through the month of July. And many did. And, for, and the prayer was for us to see the many possibilities the gift of this property brings us for ministry and how we can serve this community. And that we would remain focused on those outside the church that need to know God and we need to let people know God loves them and he wants them to know him. And anybody, I just want to know, is there anybody in here that believes that prayer that we prayed last month and want to tackle that 
together over the next year and see what God can do and what might happen in this place. Anybody? Could you imagine what would, what would happen if we prayed like Paul and just every day woke up and said, God, open a door today, open a door today, open a door today, if we thought like Paul did, had a passion that that verse says we should have, remembering that those far from God aren't the problem, they're the reason that we do what we do, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in change. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And I could stay forever on that, but I'm not going to. But just, just take into consideration what Paul says there. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. So many people like to stand on truth and say, well, this is the truth, and they just need to, they just need to ram it down their throats. They need to know it. And we run them off. And I've heard people criticize churches as though they're soft on truth. And I, you guys know I'm not soft on, I'm not, or they're soft on sin. I'm not, or soft on proclaiming the truth. And you know, we, we call it like it is. We've talked about things. But I want to be wise in the way I act toward outsiders because my goal is that they may come to Christ. And I don't have to be right all the time. I just, I want them to know know Christ. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that may, you may know how to answer everyone. that mean you have to know every answer? No. But this passage, in light of this passage, I want to say something I've said many times in our church. The most important people here in this church aren't here yet. They're out there. Could you just get up tomorrow and pray this passage? God, will you open a door for me to, today, this week, so I may proclaim the mystery of Christ? Think about praying that tomorrow. Now, as I close our message time this morning, I want to just quickly do two things. I want to know that, I want you to know, everybody here, that no matter who you are or where you are, no matter your beliefs, your lifestyle, this is your place, and God loves you. Our door is always open to you. Keep kicking the tires, exploring what the Bible says and what we believe. We started this church because we wanted a place for where you could come and do just exactly that. And second, many of you have been coming around our church and kicking the tires for a long time. There's people sitting in this room that you've been exploring, you've been coming and there's a lot of people been praying for you that the door would just be flung wide open and that you would walk through. And I want you to know that God loves you and he wants you to know him. He wants you to have a relationship with him, that he has a plan for your life that is beyond your imagination. That even though you are spiritually dead, Christ can make you alive. And God sent his son Jesus into this world to die on the cross in your place for your sins so that you could have that life. So you can, right now, turn to Jesus and embrace the life he has for you. Today just might be your day. And if you feel that, you're feeling that pull, today's your day. 
I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And 